All right, welcome everybody. Great to see you today. Uh, it's good to be back. I've been off for a few weeks. Want to say a few things? Thank you. Want to say a huge thank you to Pastor Sean, who's led an awesome study through the book of James. We do great. So proud of him. Also, uh, Pastor Sam Collier last week just did an amazing job. So. I'm thankful. I, I want you to know if it was just up to me, I would teach 52 weekends a year. I love it. It's my favorite thing in the world to do, really, genuinely. I would do it every weekend. But that wouldn't be healthy. Wouldn't be healthy for me, and it wouldn't be healthy for the church. Because we're not trying to build a church around a personality. We're trying to build a church around the person of Jesus Christ, right? We're trying to build a church that goes, that's gonna be here long after we're gone, right? And to do that, we need multiple voices speaking into the church. We need to hear from different perspectives. And uh, so I'm, I've loved, I listened and tuned in every week this summer. It was great and uh, through, through the month of July. And if you ever see me on the front row and somebody else is speaking and you're like, why isn't he speaking? He's sitting on the front row, somebody else is speaking. It's because it's good for you and it's good for me to sometimes just sit on the front row and, and cheer on somebody else and receive the word just like you do, right? Okay. Having said all that, I'm glad to be back. Going stir crazy around here. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad to be back. And I wanna talk to you uh, over the next few weeks in this series we're calling On Purpose, how you can be the church. I wanna talk to you of the power of what can happen in our personal lives and in our community when we get on the same page together. And it's hard to get on the same page because we're all very different, right? We come from different backgrounds, we have different belief systems, we have different political views, we have different sports teams. I even saw a guy with a Steelers hat on back over here. I mean, we come from all kinds of different perspectives, right? And just to show you an example of that, we have different perspectives on the important things in life, like which fast food restaurant has the best French fries. <laughs> and so I'm gonna, we're gonna do a little sampling between McDonald's, In-N-Out, and Chick-fil-A uh, waffle fries here. I don't know which one you like the best, but uh, make some noise when I hold yours up. If McDonald's would be your choice. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> What's going on, man? No way. You know, I can't order these anymore at my age. Um, but when my kids uh, order them, I can always eat all the fries that are left over in the sack. Come on, somebody. And a few more that I snag along the way. And uh, they're fat-free, and they have no calories when you eat them that way. How about In-N-Out? How many of you say In-N-Out? It's pretty good. I, li I like In-N-Out fries. All right, how about uh, the Chick-fil-A waffle fries? I think that's Chick-fil-A for the win in this room, right? That's good, with the sauce, all right, all right, yes, that's right, with the sauce. Um, we all have different perspectives. We all come from different backgrounds. We have uh, different family origins. We're different races. We're different genders. We're from different parts of the country. We're from different socioeconomic levels. But here's what's so beautiful about the church. Jesus Christ has made us all one. And when we come together as a faith community, no matter what kind of fries you like, we all eat at the same table, right? We eat at the same table because of who God is and what he's done in our heart and in our life. And it makes the church incredibly special because we're in it as one. And so I wanna talk about what could happen when together we work together as one to make a greater difference in our community and in our cities. And so 
Uh, to do that, I wanna kind of lay out a simple framework for the next four weeks. I've got it up here. Um, I'll just walk through this with you. But uh, the next four weeks, we're gonna talk about four simple steps that we can all think about taking in our individual lives. And if we will take these steps together, I think it will ensure that we as a church live on purpose and make a difference. The first is simply this. Attend the weekend, why? To experience God. Attend the weekend to experience God. And uh, you guys have already done that this weekend, so you know. I'm kind of preaching to the choir on this one, but this is what we're gonna talk about a little bit this weekend, why showing up is so important. We're gonna talk about that. Uh, second step is simply this, invite a friend to share hope. Invite a friend when it's appropriate to share hope. All of us at one point needed hope. All of us at one point were invited by somebody somewhere and when God opens those doors in our lives, we gotta be ready. And they don't even have to be people you know. I love the story of a lady who's gotten involved here at Central years ago. She had just moved to town. She was going through you know, a tough time in the transition and she was sitting in her car in the grocery store parking lot and she was crying. She's very emotional. And this man came up, this gentleman, and knocked on her window and she just sort of cracked the window because she's like, uh, what's going on, right? She cracked the window and the guy just said, ma'am, I can see that you're hurting. You should go to Central Church. They'll help you there. And he told her how to get there, and she came over here, met with one of our staff, they prayed with her, she's continued to come back, and it became a home for her in a place that she had not yet settled. The power of a simple invite. We're gonna talk about that next week. The third part is this, to take a next step to follow Jesus. And the reason I think this is really important that next step can be anything. It could be to forgive somebody in your life. It could be to uh, start to use your gifts at home or in the workplace. You know, it could be, you could, there's a million different next steps we can take in our lives, and we're all at different places. For some of us, maybe a next step's getting involved in Central Academy and really growing deeper in our biblical knowledge. For some, maybe a next step is uh, celebrate recovery and dealing with some hurts and habits and hangups that have been going on in our life. Uh, for some, maybe it's just getting honest about where our marriage is uh, right now are honest about where our anger struggle is right now. God, this is gonna be as different as every person in the room, but the reason I think it's so important is because if I'm continuing to take next steps in my faith, and if you're continuing to take next steps in your faith, then we're gonna continue to grow, right? And if we're growing as a faith community, as individuals, God's moving and working in our lives, we're learning new things, we're being challenged by new things. You never outgrow God. Right, and as soon as you got one thing under control and you're like, man, I'm good there, that's awesome, just wait. <laughs> so take a next step to follow Jesus. If we're growing as a faith community, that's gonna keep us on purpose with God and keep us connected and dependent. And then the fourth step is to give generously to rescue others. As we pool our resources, both financial, our gifts, our abilities, our time, as we pool all that together, like we did with the backpack drive that we just did, that we're able to bring the rescue of God to many more people. So I wanna suggest to you very simply over the next four weeks, that if you and I would consider doing these four things this year on a regular basis, attend the weekend, just keep showing up to experience God, invite a friend when it's appropriate to share your hope, Take a next step spiritually as God leads you to follow Jesus and then give generously to rescue others. If we will do these four things as a community, we're gonna be on purpose. We're gonna be living on purpose. We're gonna be growing in God's purpose for us. And uh, I think we're gonna experience his power moving powerfully in our life. So this week I wanna talk to you about this first area, attend the weekend to experience God.
You know, if you were, I've had a lot of people over the years, they come to faith in Christ or they get baptized, and as soon as they do, the first thing that they say is they're like, Judd, what do I do next? You know, they're really excited, they're fired up right now, like, what's my next step? What do I do next? And there's a lot of things uh, I might say to them, but the thing that I always say, especially if there's not much time, is this, keep showing up. You just gotta keep showing up. There is a power in showing up at church and getting around people of faith and getting around the message of the good news of Jesus, which is hope in our lives. Listen, you gotta get around hope if you want hope to get in you. You gotta get around God's word if you want God's word to get in you. You gotta get around the people of faith if you want some more faith to get in you. There's a power in just showing up. And I've shared with you, when I look back over my life uh, over the last 20 years and as we've kind of gotten our kids to the place that they are right now in their life, and I think, what, what's some of the most important things that I've done in my life as a parent and as an individual? I would tell you, it's pretty simple. A lot of it is, you just keep showing up. You just keep showing up. And uh, I don't come to church because I'm the pastor. I come to church because I need people. I come to church because I need the encouragement. I come to church because I need to be uplifted, praying for one another, hearing stories of life change, being inspired by each other. That's part of why I'm here. We all need that in our life. And if you were to talk to people about how they, people that have kind of drifted from their faith, if you, have to, if you were to talk to them about how they drifted, I think you'd find that, that very rarely was there like one moment where they left the faith or walked away from the faith. For most people, they didn't walk away from the faith. They just stop showing up as regularly, right? And then they started to drift a little bit. And then one thing led to another, and one month led to another, and one year led to another, and five years led to 10 years, and they've drifted to a whole other place in their life. They still believe in God, they still love God, but they're missing out on so much of what God could do in their life because they stopped showing so here's what Hebrews says, Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 23. When we get to the highlighted word, read it out loud, uh, real loud here with me. Let's check this out. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting what? Together. Let's not neglect meeting together as some people do. So some people, even in the ancient world, right at the beginning of the church, were already kind of dropping out. And he's like, hey, some people are neglecting meeting together. Let's not do that. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And so one of the things he says at the very beginning, we got to hold on to hope. And I think meeting together helps us hold on to hope. And when you hold on to hope, look, you keep a lot of other things from getting a hold of you. And so I wanna to talk to you about the power of that through showing up. We wanna keep showing up first to hold on to hope, to hold on to it in our life. It's like my bulldog, Roxy. She just turned uh, uh, 12 years old recently. She's a senior citizen. Uh, Bulldog's average life expectancy is eight to 10 years, and so she's way past that. Uh, she uh, is incontinent. She has to wear diapers all the time now. She has doggy dementia. Half the time she doesn't know where she is. I could go on. This is where we're all headed if we live long enough. That's what I keep thinking when I'm taking care of her. I'm like, every diaper I change. Hey, anybody noticing this? Because someday you're gonna be changing my diaper, right? Somebody gonna change my diaper? Because I'm changing her diaper. Lord, you're keeping score. Is that what's happening? But the one time Roxy comes back to herself is when I grab her toy, her little rope toy. And ever since she was 
a, a puppy. We played together. That's kind of our relationship. We play together. So I get that little rope toy and I set it on the floor. And this dog, who half the time doesn't know where she is, sees that toy and immediately gets up on all four feet like she's three years old again. She goes, because she knows it's on. It's time, right? We're going to play tug of war now, right? So I, I get this rope. She grabs that now. Look, I could, she locks onto that thing so hardcore, I could lift her up, I could spin her around in circles. I used to do that when she was a kid. I don't do that now. I have paid too much money to the vet <laughs> to be spinning my senior citizen bulldog around. But she would hold on that tight. I'd be afraid I'd break her neck. So I play with her like a senior. But the way my bulldog holds on to that rope is what the writer of Hebrews is getting to when he says we need to hold on to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Let's look at it together. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 23, says, let us hold how? Tightly, tightly, like a bulldog gripping with all our might. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. He says, because God will keep his promise. Listen, God has promised to forgive you. He's promised to give you a hope and a future. He's promised to give you the gift of eternal life. He's promised to give you his Holy Spirit. He's promised to walk with you, to bless you, to give you wisdom, to give you power, to give you self-control and discipline. He's promised to give you the fruit of his spirit, uh, love, joy, goodness, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Listen, these are all the promises that God has given us, but the way you get the most out of those promises is you gotta hold on to hope, right? Because God will be true to his promise. Gotta hang on to hope. So friends, I don't know what you're going through in your life. I don't know what's happening, but here's what I know. When you keep showing up and you keep hanging on to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, it keeps a lot of other things from getting a hold of you. <laughs> a lot of negative thoughts come into our world. They wanna get a hold of us, right? Man, don't turn on the news, right? Oh my gosh. You know, so much stuff can bring you down and get you off purpose, the purpose God has for you. Get you caught up in all kinds of things that don't matter. Get you sidetracked and distracted from what's really important in life. And if we'll stay focused on purpose, it'll help us hang on to hope. Second idea is this. If we keep showing up, not only will we hang on to hope, but we will motivate one another. We'll motivate one another. So I played a little bit of high school football, and um, I wasn't good, but I had one play during my high school football career that was like my best play of all. My only play, really. I'm gonna break it down for you. So uh, I was a bench warmer. I, I had pretty good hands, but uh, I had no speed. And so um, what do you do with a guy who's got pretty good hands? Could have been a receiver, except he's slow. So I basically sat on the bench, and um, I, was, um, I was on the team, but it was like, you know, a couple layers back. I played all over the place, wherever they put me in, usually just at practice, you know what I mean? We're playing this team in Dalhart, Texas, and uh, game's down to the final quarter, final uh, moments. Um, that the other team's ahead by um, three points. They're driving the ball down the field. I mean, it's pretty much over. The game's over. We're going to lose. We're all kind of there at that place in our life. And, and uh, you know, the main defensive guard got hurt, and so the backup defensive guard then got hurt. And the coach, I think, looked back, and he's like, who do I got back there? He's like, well, anybody else over here? Gosh. Can I put the quarterback in on defense? Better not do that. 
says, Will Height. And I don't even know, I'm like, what, huh, what? So I'm looking around like, do I have a helmet? Do I got, where's my helmet? You know, I get my helmet, I'm a doofus, you know, like I shouldn't have been out on the football field, right? But I go running out, I'm like, okay, yes sir, you know, I run out, I get my spot, and I'm like a lanky 160. What I'm doing on the defensive line, I have no idea. But the guy snaps the ball, and uh, I didn't do much, you know, somehow me and this guy interacted. But on the other side, that guy broke the line and he sacked the quarterback. And when the quarterback was falling, the ball fell out and started to bounce towards the end zone. And I look up and I'm like, well, there's the ball. <laughs> Run towards the ball, son, right? I start running towards the ball and I didn't get to the, I told you I wasn't very fast. Another guy outran me, but he was on my team. He fell on the ball and it popped out again and went another 10 yards. I'm only slightly exaggerating this story. This is real, people. Went another 10 yards, and I'm telling you, I, I just, the ball basically bounced up into my hands. <laughs> and I stopped, and I am standing in the end zone. We just won the game. It was awesome. And I'm like, What's happening right now? That was my one high school moment of glory. After that, I quit the team and got into drugs. But anyway, that was my one moment, right? And uh, here's what I remember, though. That play is, was not the defining thing for me about that experience. It was what happened after that play. My coach ran across the football field. He'd never seen Judd Wilhite do anything in his life. He ran across the football field and picked me up on his shoulder and danced with me, you know, holding me in, in his, he, and the rest of the season, he went back to that. He's like, hey, Wilhite over here scoring touchdowns. <laughs> you know, he used it to motivate me, a simple thing. When I think back of all the sports I played growing up, all of that, it's that one play that I will never forget. And it's not because the ball bounced in my hands in the end zone, it's because my coach ran across the field. Yeah. Right? We have incredible influence in other people's lives. Dads, you got crazy influence in your kids' lives, even if you don't see it. Friends, you got crazy influence in your friends' lives, even when you can't see it. And sometimes the willingness to just come up to somebody and say, you know what, I'm for you. You can do this. You got this. Sometimes a simple act of motivation can change the story for them. Some of the, something you may do just routine could be a moment they look back on and say, that was a moment that changed my life. I'll give you another example. After one of our weekend experiences 15 years ago, I was walking down this hallway right here at Central. It was between services, there were people everywhere, and I was putting a good face on, but you know, privately I was going through a lot of stuff and a lot of leadership challenges, a lot of, lot of behind-the-scenes church drama. Hello. <laughs> so I'm walking down the hall, and a friend of mine, uh, he's passed away now, an incredibly special man, uh, Don Moyer. Don was the first president of UNLV, University of Las Vegas, first president. When I knew him, he was retired and, you know, in the latter years of his life. But Don came to Central Faithfully for years and years. I'm walking down that hallway, and Don comes up to me, and he, he got right up in my ear, a little uncomfortable, <laughs> put his arm around me, 
And he walked the entire length of this hallway, whispering in my ear. And I'll never forget what he said. He goes, listen, Judd, you're doing a great job. Don't you listen to those critics? And don't you listen to the critical voice in your own head? You listen to God, you be God's man. You lead us, we'll follow you. I'm with you, I'm behind you. You can do this, God's called you to this. Don't you dare give up. And he walked down, got to the end of the hall. I remember he like slapped my chest. I'm bawling my eyes out. Never will forget that moment. Listen, Don probably forgot it, because that's just how he lived his life. That's just another day, living life, encouraging people, motivating people, right? But I'll never forget it. And those simple words that we speak over our kids' lives, to our friends, to our coworkers, to the people that we're in church together with, to people that we're in group life with, to people that we're in our Celebrate Recovery with, people we serve with, that can motivate them and have incredible influence in their life. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 tells us why showing up is so important. Listen, it says not only we show up, but let us think of ways to what? Motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us think of ways to motivate. And you know, just being present is a way to motivate somebody. Listen, I, I went to, I usually work out alone at home, but I went to a, a old school like barbell gym. I was out of town this, uh, this summer and I walked in and there were some big dudes in this place. The guy next to me, they were talking about him. He had just squatted uh, over 700 pounds in a tournament. Now come on, I don't care who you are, that's sick, right? Like, and then the guy next to me, well, I just want you to know, just being around them, I put more weight on the bar than I normally put on the bar. I mean, I warmed up, but once I got warmed up, I'm like, let's get a bigger plate. I can handle that, right? I put more weight on the bar than I normally put on the bar because the boys were watching me. And I went down and I came back up and I'm, I'm telling you, I work, I had great form, I was strong, I lifted more than I've ever lifted. Why? Just because I was around some guys who were looking over at me like, how's that boy's form? I'm like, Will, you better go all the way down. By the way, those of you that go to the gym, this is not a squat. Come on, somebody. Right there. Look, when, you, when you've been down this much, that just means you got a lot of weight on your back. That's all that means, right? You got to squat, you got, I'm not gonna do it, I'll blow my pants out. You got to get down. You got to get down there and come back up, right? If you, anyway, just being around those guys, I had one of the best workouts of my life. Now, I could hardly walk the next day, but it was amazing how being around them motivated me. And the same is true spiritually. We need to just be around each other. Some of us going through hard times, difficult times, you need to come into church and laugh. You just need to come into church and worship. Look, I know it can be hard out there. I know you can feel like you're taking punches all week long, but church is a place where we come together not to judge one another, but to motivate one another. You keep seeking God. You keep going after God in your life. You keep making good choices and good decisions in your life. Keep leaning into his word, keep praying, keep growing in your faith. I'll tell you one of the most powerful things for me and my soul over the last several weeks was just reading the Bible with no um, message that I need to get ready or no teaching that I need to do, just saying, God, speak to me. I'm just your, your servant, just, your, uh, just speak to me. And it was powerful. We gotta get around one another to get motivated for that. Third thing is this, to encourage one another. 
to encourage one another. I, I don't know how many of us uh, are all filled up on encouragement, but I would imagine it's not very many, right? We all need encouragement, and uh, a lot of people at work, man, they, it's hard. A lot of people don't get any encouragement all week long. You know, a lot of people walk into church and they feel beaten down and worn out. And this is a place where we wanna come together and encourage one another to keep going. Look, it doesn't matter who you are, you need encouragement. I saw this photo online, I thought this was funny, we'll bring this up on the screens. This is the uh, lead singer of the metal band Slayer, but it says you can be the, the, it's a, the former lead singer, it says you can be the singer of Slayer and your teenage daughter will still think you're lame. Look at this, look at this, <laughs> zoom in on her. Everybody needs encouragement, even the, even the lead singer of Slayer. Everybody needs encouragement. That's part of what we do in the church, and some of us just being around each other. A couple came up to me a while back, and they had their phone out, and they said, Judd, three years ago today, we took this picture together, and it was them and me, and they said, we were brand new to the church, and we're smiling in the photo, but we want you to know we were literally one step from separating just calling it quits. And they said, we, we came and found you today because this is kind of a three-year anniversary of this picture, which even though we're smiling, probably represents our lowest point. And they said, we, we started showing up. We started serving. Uh, you know, we went to First Step. We got involved. We started, and they said, here we are three years later, and we can't even believe what God has done in our hearts and in our lives. And they're like, will you take another picture? I'm like, oh, you better believe it. But that moment, listen, I got more out of that than they did. I walked away so encouraged and so, you know, like, there is hope in the world. I didn't get it from the news but I got it from the church and the people of the church and what God was doing in their hearts and in their life. It's powerful. I had another friend, he said uh, he had invited one of his coworkers to come to church and you know, he was kind of surprised, but the guy came. He came and at the end of the weekend, he's like, man, that was actually, I got something out of that. He goes, is it always like that? It's like, is this just a fluke kind of one-off thing that I just walk in like on the wrong? But this is what moved me so much. My friend said, I've known him for 15 years. He's been coming to Central that whole time, 15 years. He said, as I was talking to this friend, it started dawning on me how much of my life over the last 15 years has been shaped by the church. He said, the way I parent, shaped by the church. The way I, uh, uh, my work ethic, shaped by the church. The way I pray, shaped by the church. You know, the way I uh, interact with money and stuff, shaped by the church. He said, I'm talking to this guy and I'm like, you know what? This, it has totally changed every facet of how I live my life for the better. You need to be here every week. That's what he told his friend. Hearing that brought so much encouragement to me in my life. So here, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Here it is again. Let's not neglect meeting together as some people do, but what? Encourage, we're here to encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Make it a priority this season to be here every weekend as much as you can, to just keep showing up. And some mornings you're gonna wake up and be tired. You're gonna think, I'm tired, and Jesus loves me whether I go to church or not. <laughs> Duh, he does, but that doesn't mean you should sleep in, you know what I'm saying, right? Just because he loves you doesn't mean you shouldn't be here. Show Look, some mornings you're gonna wake up and you're gonna fight the whole way to church. I believe that you know in any given week, some of the biggest family arguments happen on the way to church. And it's not just your family. Sometimes it's 
the pastor's family as well, you know, on the way to church. But you just push through it because no matter how hard it is to get here, I have never regretted it, never regretted it when I walk back out the doors. God always speaks to me, always teaches me. If I come with an open heart, he's always gonna give you something. If you come ready to learn, he's gonna, I can learn from anybody, anywhere. Listen, they don't, look, I can listen to speakers that are amazing and wow me. I can listen to speakers that are not so amazing and you're trying to stay awake, but I can get something from anybody if I come with an open heart and an open mind and I say, God, I'm here to learn and I'm here to be inspired to live your word. So over the next four weeks, here's, this, here's the kind of approach to living on purpose as a community and as individuals. Attend the weekend to experience God. Next week we'll talk about invite a friend to share hope. And then take a next step, whatever that may be for you, to follow Jesus and keep taking next steps and then give generously to rescue others so that we can live on purpose in our lives. And maybe some of you are here today and maybe you've never crossed the line of faith. And if that's where you're at, I'd love to just give you an opportunity to place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, to receive his goodness and love for you. He came and lived and died and rose again for you. He wants to forgive and restore and heal and redeem. And uh, you can hold on to the hope that he has. So if he's been tapping you on the shoulder, if he's already been calling you to come home to him, I'd love to just guide you in a prayer to open your heart and your mind to him today. So would all of you please bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you'd like to become a follower of Jesus, you can begin that journey by repeating after me. Just say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you. In Christ's name. And friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer, if it's your commitment today, I'm gonna ask you to just slip your hand in the air and just make eye contact with me, just to say before God and to say to me, you're gonna follow him in your life today. Just slip your hand in the air. God bless you, brother. Just reach out to him today. God, I thank you for each of one of these individuals. I pray that you will fill them with your love, your joy, your purpose, work in their heart and in their life, remove their obstacles, bless them, uh, bring their gifts and their talents and their abilities, your call on their life to fulfillment. And so God, we commit them to you and we thank you for them and we lift them to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's put our hands together for everyone who made a spiritual commitment in their life today.